One church years ago had a, a, a framework for discipleship, and they had it was built around three C's. It was it was um, conviction, character, and competency. And I thought that was a pretty good way to capture kind of the whole life uh, scale of what we're talking about. So it's it's not only knowledge, the conviction, but there's character transformation, and then there's also the companies or skill levels. There's certain things we should be able to do. What is the difference between simply doing a Bible study with someone versus the process of making a disciple? Is there a difference? How does one build convictions, character, and competencies in another person as you invest in them? Hi, I'm David Dennis with the Kansas Communities Ministry with the Navigators. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm excited to have Mr. Ron Bennett on the podcast again. Ron is such an inspiration to many as he relates practical and insightful information about making disciples. I know I always learn something new every time I talk to him. Trained as an aerospace engineer, Ron and his wife Mary then went on staff with the Navigators. You can check out his website at rbennett, that's two N's and two T's, rbennett.net, where you can find his blog, The Adventure of Discipleship. All this information, along with links to his writings and books, are found in the show notes. Well, Ron has been a longtime encourager and friend of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Today, he helps us go a bit deeper in our understanding of what disciple-making from a biblical perspective is all about. I have with me today uh, Mr. Ron Bennett. Ron has been a longtime friend of the Kansas Communities Ministry uh, over many, many years and has been a great encouragement to us. He has spoken at several men's retreats and fall conferences, and so we really appreciate him. Uh, Ron is senior staff with the Navigators. He has led discipleship ministries on a wide number of locations, university campuses, military bases, in churches, and in the workplace. He has a background in aerospace engineering and the military before coming on staff with the Navigators. While serving on the national leadership team of the Navigators Church Ministry, He wrote Intentional Disciple Making and co-authored The Adventure of Discipling Others and Beginning the Walk. And he's also developed a uh, program called High Quest, which is a tool for uh, disciple making that we can get into as time goes on. So, Ron, thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. Glad to be here. I'm going to just quote from uh, the homepage of your blog, which, by the way, can be found at rbennett.net. It's uh, two N's and two T's, right? rbennett.net, his blog, The Adventure of Discipleship. So let me just quote one of the paragraphs you have, and I want you to comment on that. He says, quote, During my past 50 years of leading discipling ministries, I have observed three main views of discipleship. Number one, it's a term applied to a spiritual SEAL team kind of person, a highly selective, elite, and motivated cadre of super-Christians. Or, number two, it's an idea much like cough medicine, which may be good for you but unpleasant to swallow. (laughs) And number three, it's a catch-all term that describes whatever spiritual activity we are currently doing. So, uh, that's how you opened up your your blog, and uh, would you like to comment on kind of those three different uh, views of discipleship? Yeah, actually, I'd probably add a a fourth at this point, but I think the... To me, over the years, the, the term disciple or discipleship has is um, kind of cycles in and out of our Christian vocabulary in terms of its popularity and how it's used 
but it's thrown around quite a bit. Uh, there was a period of time when uh, church staff, uh, one of the positions was called pastor of discipleship in a church. And, and what that meant uh, varied greatly with the church in terms of what that role really entailed. Uh, probably for most of them, uh, it simply was another term for adult Christian education. They were responsible for small groups. And so, so the term discipleship seems to have a broad level of meaning and kind of depending the context that you're in, how, how we use it and what it means. Uh, so that's a problem, actually, because the words are important, but they only uh, communicate if we have shared meanings. And so if we want to go be biblical and say, okay, the, the Great Commission that we usually go back to in Matthew 28 talks about go, uh, as you're going, make disciples. So the question is, what is that that Jesus was talking about? And so like in most Bible um, study processes, the context is what's really important. So we can kind of go back and look at that if you'd like, but uh, but commenting what what the term discipleship has become in our culture, uh, it it is this super Christian idea. Uh, maybe the other idea is that it's somebody who's a biblical scholar. People who do a lot of Bible studies maybe are disciples, uh, but probably the biggest category is is the catch-all is just whatever. Uh, I use that term as whatever I am, that must be a disciple, or whatever I'm doing must be making disciples or discipleship. So in a church, um, they just put the label discipleship on whatever they're doing and assuming then that that's equivalent to what Jesus said when he said, go make disciples. Mm. So I'll throw that out and you can give me a follow-up question depending on where you want to go with that. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I think that uh, you cited the previous uh, study several years ago, I believe, uh, sponsored by the Navigators perhaps, that that uh, they tried to ascertain the um, flavor of discipleship in today's culture in the church. And I think one of the points that w- that came out of that study was that there was no common definition of disciple or discipleship at that time. That's probably what you're alluding to. So if we if we look at discipleship from maybe uh, a biblical standpoint, not what the culture says it is or what our church culture says it is, how would you define a disciple from a biblical standpoint? Okay, well, I, I think for me, the to go back and try to capture the context of the of the first century in uh, that Jesus was in when he was uh, used the term. Uh, I think the most succinct. Uh, probably definition in, in the Bible is Matthew four nineteen, where Jesus said, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. I think the follow me phrase would probably capture uh, at best uh, what Jesus uh, meant when he said, be a disciple. However, I, I think as we, as we look at what he did with those early disciples, the 12 in particular, and a larger group uh, more in general, and ask what is it that he meant when he said, be my disciple or go make disciples? 
what did that look like to him? And we get a pretty good idea by what he said and by what he did. In my journey of over the years of making disciples with the navigators, in my early years, I used as a uh, not as a uh, uh, as a description rather rather than just a definition. I used the wheel illustration as my core content. So if your audience is familiar with the navigator wheel illustration has six components uh, revolving around Christ the center and obedient Christian life and and four spokes, that was pretty much my core content uh, of how I would practically uh, describe what discipleship involved. More recent, I have kind of leaned more towards the word apprenticeship as a as a synonym for disciple in that when Jesus used uh, the term disciple and as he um, followed in the steps of the rabbis of his day, uh, discipleship was not a classroom. It was an intense personal connection. And he describes it in Luke 6.40 when he said, "A, a disciple is not above his teacher. But everyone, when he's fully trained, will be just like his teacher. So, in that first century, a disciple of a rabbi uh, in the Hebrew, uh, they were called a Talmud uh, of the rabbi. And rabbis were a special category of teacher. There were teachers of the law, which was a broader category, but then there were a few men uh, that were labeled as rabbis, and they had, they were the ones that actually had disciples. And when uh, the their disciples then would follow them 24-7 uh, with the purpose of becoming just like them. So, I think our word disciple that we use in, in Scripture, we usually translate it from the Greek. We'll go back to the Greek word it means yeah. student is what it means. The word is methodes, and if you look for a definition, it means student or pupil, which is which is all right if you're a Greek, but Jesus wasn't a Greek. And so <clears throat> we have to look at what did a what did a Hebrew person think of in their mind when they thought of disciple? And uh and it's more like an apprentice, which involves both learning and skill. Uh, most of our education today uh, in our country comes out of the Greek model of education of students and pupils, <clears throat> and teachers teach and, and students take notes and record and learn information and, and recite it back. But, <clears throat> uh, but in the Hebrew model, it was a, it was a learning uh, by apprenticeship following the master. So, the the term apprentice uh, uh, comes out of the kind of the Middle Ages, but it, it means uh, we there was used for people who um, had a business like a shoemaker, and they would they would hire apprentices to come in and learn how to make shoes, and so it was not only knowledge based but it was skill based. They were able to do something, so we have some of that in our culture in higher education more in the medical profession where we would use the term apprenticeship. Um, and so we have a little bit, 
but so I think the term apprentice. So my definition now that uh, that I use is that a disciple is an apprentice of Jesus and His kingdom. Hmm. So that's my quick, short uh, definition. My description is larger, and if you want to go there, we could do that. But that that the description of being an apprentice of Jesus and His kingdom to me, is captures uh, the, core, uh, the, the core of what we're talking about. That's great. And I, I do want to go there. But before I do that, I want to just uh, comment that some, so often, like you say, we have been brought up in the Greek system, and we think our main purpose in getting together with someone or in helping them grow is to impart information. So what I hear you saying is it's more than that. It's not less than that, but it's more than that. It's more of a uh, total life experience. And if, if that's true, I'd like to hear your comments on that, but also go further in terms of your fleshing out the description of discipleship. Okay. Yeah, no, I think that's true. It, it certainly involves learning, and there's information that involves learning. Uh, uh, one church years ago had a, a, a framework for discipleship, and they had, it was built around three C's. It was, it was um, conviction, character and competency and i thought that was a pretty good way to capture kind of the whole life uh scale of what we're talking about so it's it's not only knowledge the conviction but there's character transformation and then there's also the companies or skill levels there's certain things we should be able to do so that's uh, it's just another framework to think uh more than the information and gaining conviction so now my my description now of a disciple is that discipleship is the personal pursuit of knowing, reflecting, and sharing Christ by means of critical spiritual disciplines in the context of supportive relationships, resulting in the distinctive marks of an image bearer of Christ. So that's my expanded one and each one of those carries with it some content but i'll go back to our understanding of what goes into that uh, apprenticeship idea uh, i worked about 20 years with the navigators with churches uh helping them trying to help them bring discipleship into their culture and when i would ask them what their mission statement was, most often, if I was involved, they would say discipleship of some kind. So then I would say, so what does that mean? Uh, and they would use what Willow Creek in Chicago had made pretty popular, was the fully devoted follower of Christ, and which is, which is accurate. That is true and goes more like to what I would say my definition is. But when I would say, so describe what that person looks like, rarely could I get an answer in terms of practically what that person would be able to do or say, it, it was just a fog. And so there was a businessman years ago who made the statement, begin with the end in mind. And so that, I think, applies in that if we don't have a picture of what it is we're trying to become or do, then anything and everything is okay. But if there is if there is something, if there's content to that, then that will help us figure out what we need to do to get there. And so rather than the discipleship being just everything, it has some content that means something. And 
that broader description that I gave gives me some hooks to hang things on so that when I am talking to a person about this journey of discipleship, I can say, here are the things that make up a disciple's life. And if you're interested, I can help you build those into your life and, and, and make it applicable. And so going back again to my early years, I would use the wheel illustration because it contains core co- convictions, character, and competencies within that illustration. So that pretty much gave me a framework, a simple one with which then I could uh, not only help me know where I was going, but I was able then to help people, the person I was talking to, know what was going to happen. For a number of years, I also worked uh, with churches in their men's ministry. And so I would say that the ministry leaders of the the men's ministry leaders, if if a businessman came into your men's group and said, I'll give you the next two years of my life discretionary time and and I'm going to let you make me into this disciple. What would I look like at the end of two years? Rarely could anybody tell me <laughs> that, that what they were doing in their ministry was producing something they could identify. And so that's why the wheel became just a really handy tool so I could say to a person, this is what we're after. Uh, we're going to build the concepts and the convictions and the character around that. And so if you want to know where we're going, this is where we're going. And if you would like that, if that makes sense, if you would like that in your life, I can help you. If you don't want that, then find somebody else because this is what I do. Yeah. yeah. And it helped me get out of the leading Bible study kind of mode with people and into a more intentional disciple-making. How easy it is to think that just getting intellectual information into someone is all that's needed for life transformation. You know, disciple-making certainly includes that, but it is so much more. Intentional disciple-making, building convictions, character, and competencies into a friend is so important. You'll want to check out the links in the show notes for more information about all of this. Well, join us next time as Ron shares more about what first century rabbinical disciple making looked like right here on Making Disciples Naturally. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the navigators nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.